next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Huda, and welcome back to Canastry Chronicles podcast. I'm Rios as usual, Brendan Ertle. Today, we got the whole squad here. We got Nate, we got Chris. Um, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Uh, I'm just happy to finally have a chance to talk to Nate. <laughs> I exist. I promise, man. I do nice. exist in some realm. Of the, uh, I thought you were a bot, man. <laughs> Man, that's the least bad thing I've ever been accused of. So I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, man, I'm just happy to be back. It feels good to be back. Football season. Uh, back talking Saints football. You know, it It felt like this season lasted extra long. I think that's the COVID mm-hmm. effect. But, I mean, I, I like the Olympics and all. But I was just sitting through the whole Olympics like, okay, so anytime now. We're going to be back preseason. Like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and this is real football. Like, last we didn't have preseason, so it was nice just seeing that, even though the Saints played awful. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, I'm sure we all watched that game. We all had our uh, alcohol beverages to get us through that game because that was pretty rough. But uh, let's talk about the quarterback competition and start off with uh, that first series with Taysom Hill. Um, I'll just come out and say it. That first drive, it's been a while since I've seen Saints football. That first drive, I was like, Maybe Sean Payton's right. Maybe Taysom Hill is Steve Young. Maybe he is really freaking good. Uh, that next two drives, he showed me that he's not. Maybe he's he's just that high school quarterback that you put in because he's just a super athlete. And uh, I I don't know. It was a it was an up and down couple series for Taysom. Obviously, he played with the ones, played against Baltimore starting defense, but uh, I, not too impressed with Taysom. What do you guys think? Well, here's the thing. I, I think, you know, preseason actually hurts a guy like Taysom in a sense because um, you have a situation where a lot of the things that they, that they will run in, in um, with real games, you probably won't run Taysom in to, number one, you know, protect them. So you didn't really see a lot of the, you know, any type of uh, designs that would have him, you know, running the football. And while – you know, when he was at full-time quarterback, they kind of did do less of that to preserve him. But, you know, I'm sure it's on his mind as well. I have to stay on my feet. I also have something to prove at, you know, being a quarterback in the pocket. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the first thing. A lot of the looks that they that they will, you know, run down the line, I, you know, it kind of goes against Taysom because at the end of the day, he's a dual threat. That's what makes him special. That's what makes him a guy that's even in this type of situation, right? He's, he's had to work and is still working very hard at, you know, a lot, you know, adapting and, um, you know, showing what he can do more. So I wouldn't even say from a traditional quarterback stand, standpoint, but 
uh, just simply throwing the football different, you know, across the field, anticipation, uh, limiting the turnovers, all of those things. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm with you, Brendan. I think the first drive, you know, he came out and, and everything was quick. It was tight. He knew where he was going. He was decisive. Um, and then, if, you know, maybe maybe if Latavius doesn't end up fumbling that, that first drive, maybe, you know, his grade, Taysom's grade, it, it raises. Maybe, you know, we, you, you don't get to a spot later on where he has some of those turnovers or near turnovers. Um, but then, like you said, just the overall inconsistency. The next drive he throws, he's a – if it wasn't the next job, a job after that, he threw an interception. He mm-hmm. took a sack or two that he shouldn't have, you know, that he shouldn't have been taking. Uh, he threw another pass that should have been intercepted. Uh, it's it just, you know, a, off the off his back foot style passes. It's just those type of things worry you. And then it's been a lot that's been spoken about in regards to his to his pocket creativity. For a mm-hmm. guy who is who's as athletic as he is, he hasn't figured out how to manipulate uh, rushers in the pocket and use those strengths in the right moments versus, okay, a guy's chasing me now. Now I need to take off, and now it turns into a rollout versus I'm going to move around a little bit to manipulate the defense, and maybe I will take off, maybe I won't. You know, so, um, but, yeah, you know, I'm with you. A mixed bag, I'm not too down on them still. I, I, I'm not too high on them because I think once the real game start, you'll see a lot more um, running from him as well. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with all of that. It, it, it's hard in the preseason to judge a lot of different positions, especially, you know, a multi-flex position, kind of like you see out of Taysom Hill. We've seen guys like that before. Um, and when you're running these really like these true basic vanilla first page of the playbook plays, I mean, what can you really see out of Taysom Hill, who's honestly, arguably, maybe more effective on a misdirector, you know, on these crazy creative Sean Payton labeled plays which is where a lot of this really confusion comes from is what is the real Taysom Hill at the quarterback position? What are we going to see? The first drive, it's a shame the way it ended, truthfully, because I thought it was led pretty well, thought it was all pretty decent. And of course, uh, a lot of our drives ended that way. The first three were a fumble, an interception, and a punt. And I think the fourth one was a punt too, so that or a fumble actually. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's ugly. Anytime you start a game like that, that's four and out in the worst way you can possibly go four and out. Um, and you know, after that, after that first drive, I just felt like it, it wasn't there for me, but I, I definitely agree with Chris. Like you're not going to see the true Taysom Hill in a preseason week one game. Uh, Sean Payton is way too smart to do that. First of all, mm-hmm. you know, um, he, he does, he doesn't want to tip his hand, especially to a team. I mean, in theory, if we are, you know, to believe that the end goal for this organization, which I think it always is, and it always should be, is a Super Bowl. This is a team you could come up against later, you know, in that sort of situation, way later, but, you know, in that sort of situation. Um, I'm excited to see what Jameis does with his first quarter. Jameis is my guy in this race. Uh, in my opinion, I think he's what we're going to end up starting with. I think Taysom is probably uh, a flex player, and he'll see a lot of plays, but I, I just, I'm not sold on Jameis just yet I almost said Tamus Winston there for a second <laughs> Nick Underhill's got me going uh but I'm just I'm not I'm not fully there yet with Taysom either uh, I think Jameis definitely I liked what I saw from him better naturally uh the first touchdown of the season so you enjoy mm-hmm. seeing that yeah well the main thing I was looking for from Taysom was uh, last year obviously he took too long to make the decisions and after that it was ball security those are like the top two things and that first drive he was excellent I mean he got the ball out in under two seconds every single time uh, there's maybe one time it was under two or over two and he was like 
scrambled out of the pocket, had that perfect flick pass to Marquez Callaway, and it looked beautiful. Um, and then that next drive, when he almost threw that pick, it went back to the same kind of tendencies, holding the ball too long. Um, on the third and 10, I want to say, where he got sacked by Queen, LSU kid, he had a guy. I mean, not necessarily wide open. If you go back and look, I want to say it was little Jordan Humphrey was cutting across on a dig, and he had a step, and maybe he wasn't open, but you throw him open, you get him the football, it's a better shot than taking that sack. Instead, he decides to roll out, and Queen's just that fast. He got him. So, I mean, I just want to see that from Taysom. I know next week, maybe, or probably, they'll switch up and Winston will play first, but I thought Taysom, they didn't help him out a ton. Obviously, they didn't have Traquan Smith, didn't have Michael, uh, didn't have Alvin Kamara as well. So, running backs didn't do anyone good, and uh, honestly, Tony Jones Jr. had his moments. He had a really good game. But let's sw- switch over to Jameis. I almost said Tameis again. Uh, let's sw- switch over to Jameis. And there's where I was really excited. Uh, maybe it wasn't fantastic. Maybe not an A-plus performance. But the mechanics were there. I was impressed with the mechanics. Um, the, the throws were tight. They were fast. I liked the throws he had across the middle. Uh, one at Ty Montgomery, one at Juwan Johnson. Um Two, I'll give him two dinks. Maybe Taysom, maybe a few more, but Jameis, mainly two. It was one having that sack where he maybe waited eight seconds. That is okay. But there was no one open, which is fine, but you don't hold the ball that long. You're, the mind clock's got to go, okay, let me just throw this in the dirt. You see Drew, one, two, three, four. And if it's, he's just going to throw in the dirt. Just throw at the running back's feet. I mean, yeah, I know it's third down. You want to get that completion, but it's better than backing up the field even more. And the second thing was that deep shot to little Jordan Humphrey that was a little bit underthrown, then ended up in, ended up in an interception. Maybe wasn't his fault, but the throw wasn't great. And the thing I loved about that was uh, the media will say, wow, Jameis threw an interception. But in his post-game press conference, he says, that ball needs to be better, and it will be better. He said it twice. He says, it needs to be better, it will be better. So that was my main takeaway from Jameis. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> And I guess, you know, the other side to, you know, what I mentioned about this type of battle, especially in the preseason, be, you know, kind of working against Taysom is that it, his, his opponent, like the things that coaches are going to look for, you know, are things in which Jason, see, here I go, Jason, right? <laughs> These are things that Jameis has been doing like his whole career and he's been working on going through, going through progressions, anticipation, uh, you know, getting the ball out quickly. Uh, you know, the only way, you know, for me that Jameis could really mess this up is if he just, he continued to kind of give you a mixed bag of turning the football over because you know that there's one thing about Sean, one thing that will get you um, in his doghouse is not being able to take care of the football. It's just something he's never really, really stood for. Um, you know, it's a big part of doing your job in the league and especially for him. And it's one thing he always preaches. So, um, you know, I look at Jameis and I say, you know, even on that sack, right, that you mentioned, he went through all of his progressions. You know, he just like his workout videos, he's looking, okay, one, two, three, four, you know, he's coming back to one, you know, he's doing all those things. And, and he got caught with his eyes and then ended up, ended up taking a sack. He is a guy as well who has almost mastered like Cam, like Big Ben to where I think, you know, he's gotten so used to, He's so strong when that first defender tries to tries to sneak through and get him, he can end up breaking off him. Mm-hmm. That I I don't know if that's ever a habit that he'll ever be able to get off because he he's so good at evading 
um, rolling out of so many sacks or shrugging them off due to his strength. Um, but you, you're in there with the second team, a lot of, you know, reserve offensive linemen, you know, the situation where I know in your head that clock has to be, has to be running. You have to get it out. But I mean, I'm with you. I don't have any problem. Once he got into it, once he got into his rhythm, uh, we know what he brings from a leadership perspective. He, you know, he rallied the guys. And I think, you know, that last throw, that throw to, to little Jordan Hunt, was right after the touchdowns, right after the, you know, some of the best throws of the night. Um, mm-hmm. James, James was feeling himself. He wanted to let one ride. And, and, you know, he tried to give his guy, um, he tried to give his guy an, an opportunity to catch the football, and it wasn't a great throw. But little Jordan Humphrey had an opportunity to catch it, and unfortunately, he mm-hmm. didn't come down with it. But I, I mean, I don't have many many complaints on Jameis. Yeah, I mean, if we're comparing the two, the you know the worst throw of the two was the one that Taysom ended up throwing that was intercepted versus the one that Jameis threw. Um, I mean, like I said, I just think that this that that this battle um, it's going to work towards Jameis's strengths more than Taysom, especially leading in the game too. And, um, you know, so far, I mean, I think he has the overall edge. Yeah, no, I, I think that's spot on. But I think we all know who has the biggest edge in this competition. It's Ian Book, for sure, <laughs> after this week. Uh, starting next week, we're going to oh see gosh. it. No, but uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I think that's all you can really say about this week is, you know, it's preseason. We're watching these guys go out with a very basic playbook. Um, and truthfully, I think it's spot on about the interceptions. I truthfully think the ball that Jameis threw through, it could have been better. It should have been better. He knows it best. You know, he said it himself, but in my opinion, that's a catchable ball. So it's one of those things that, um, I'm pretty sure it was, was it Nick Underhill that was tweeting that the more he watches it, the more it needs to be caught, you Mm -hmm. know, in the end. And sometimes you get those as a quarterback. Sometimes that's what happens. Not to say the ball security was great overall by the entire team. It obviously was terrible. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you pick up and you move on the next week and you see what happens. You know, um, Jameis is going to get his time. Uh, and I'm still, you know, fully on camp. I think uh, he'd have to throw it away pretty bad, you know, to ruin this. Um, because I think I just have I find it hard to believe that Sean doesn't know already with how calculated he is exactly how he wants to use Taysom Hill Mm -hmm. um he just he he's not a guy that makes decisions right at the bat we know that he plans out the first drive all the time the first quarter of plays he's just not a guy that isn't prepared uh and I think this is maybe decided already and you know he's not going to tell anybody his offensive coordinators might not even know but Sean Payton knows what he's going to do I I wouldn't see that as out of the realm of possibility at all yeah, I completely agree. And people kind of freaked out about uh, maybe Taysom starting this week, but I thought it more of a, okay, Taysom, you go prove me wrong. So that's kind of what I took it as. And even when Jameis played with the twos, I think he had a better week. I think he extended this quarterback competition more his way anyway. So looking on to next week when he starts, I'm really looking forward to seeing him with these ones. And I want to see him do more than he did last week because he's throwing the guys that Maybe he hasn't thrown to all practice uh, all year at uh, training camp. Maybe last year with the Saints, but not necessarily this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And I want to switch it up real quick, but Marquez Callaway. I'm looking forward to that connection because that's going to be a big, big connection during this season. But talking about ending it off with the quarterbacks, I thought Ian Book had a great, great game. Uh, they didn't even decide to play Trevor Seaman. They said that was the plan going in. So I think that just shows how much confidence they have in Ian Book and his future as being that quarterback three and 
maybe in a couple years down quarterback too, because you can't be keeping both these guys for uh, this extended period of time. And I thought he played a really good game. Yes. He had the interception late, but he, he, he had a chance to win it, win us this ball game. He took his shot. I mean, that's really ballsy. And it's not something he did often at Notre Dame was throw that deep ball, but I, I hats off to him. Um, he had, if you're on Twitter during the game, I'm sure you saw all the book jokes, but uh, I thought he played a great game, and I think he solidified that quarterback three job. But um, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's talk about Marcus Callaway. And, uh, maybe he didn't get a ton of playing time, but that first drive was absolutely incredible. What do you guys think about Callaway? I, I mean, look, um, everything is advertised, you know, um, so far. I mean, from everything that you heard in the, you know, in training camp and uh, from some of the live practices and what the coaches have been saying, the players, everybody has been telling you positive things about Marquez Callaway. And for it to be a situation where, um, you know, you're playing a Baltimore team that has guys like Marcus Peters and, uh, you know, you have Marlon Humphrey. I mean, they, you know, they, they've always had a really solid secondary. You being a number one, missing some key guys already. I mean, you know, it's a lot of pressure. You know, you're, you know, you're in the middle, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about the quarterback battle, but I mean, look, I mean, the wide receivers have had pressure on, on on them as well involved, right? They're also partly responsible to who ends up getting the job, and you know, to open up, to open up like that, and to basically dominate that drive, whether you were whether they were playing zone or playing man, um, and just not missing a beat, it really it's it's encouraging because, you know, it dates back to Sean. I mean, you know, we we have to really just sit back sometimes and say, okay, Sean knows what the hell he's talking about, especially offensively, right? When he's, when they don't make certain moves, when they don't go and trade for certain guys, and he's saying, he's clearly saying, and we talked about it on the last show, you know, Brendan, he wasn't shy about saying they had a, they, they needed it to fill a hole at the cornerback position, but he was very adamant about, we love our wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what he's talking about, right? He's talking about Callaway, for example. Basically what he's saying is that, okay, Mike Thomas will be back. Callaway's going to be damn good. And there's some other, you know, Traquan's going to be Traquan. He's going to be solid. He, you know, he's going to make plays throughout the, you know, throughout the season, give you, you know, you know, kind of play like that Meacham role of sorts. And then, you know, Deontay Harris is going to be a wild card of guys that, that make splash plays. And we'll see who else ends up showing up from there. But that's, it, it, it feels like that, that comment, a lot of it was made because he really, really, really loves what he's seeing from Callaway. And it's, awesome to watch that play out even for a preseason game um it gives you confidence going forward that this is a guy that will only continue to get better and you know we talked about everybody had their eyes on Troutman right everybody said that Troutman was going to be the breakout guy on his Mm -hmm. offense he's the guy you want to pay attention in fantasy Callaway might be the dude instead he might Mm -hmm. really be the true breakout so um it's going to be interesting to see how it falls but I'm happy you know he showed up and played as well as he did yeah, I think in the long term, the simple fact that, you know, last year we saw Marquez Callaway, 213 yards, I think it was 20 or 21, you know, receptions out of his targets. He's already over a third of that, and that's a preseason game. You know, of course, you're not <laughs> playing quarterback ones, but I think the level that they trusted him in this game just shows how much they really, really want him to break out, you know, going into this new season um, and just being that guy. You know, he was the second 
most targeted guy on the field or the third, actually Humphrey had five as well, but behind Tony Jones, Jr. And Humphrey um, and top reception earner other than Johnson. So, I mean, they really are going to put a lot of faith in him. And, you know, if that going into the season is your number three wide receiver and you have that much confidence in him and he can execute a drive like that. I mean, you love that. That's incredible. Not to mention you could count Alvin Kamara as a receiver in most regards. Um, I, it's a really, really good point. I was actually looking at uh, the fantasy, the change in roster of the Saints players this week. And I do believe it was about 8% that Callaway was rostered with. And now he's up to about, you know, 11 or 12%. I think last I looked earlier today, you know, just out of curiosity, I don't really do much fantasy football, but uh, sometimes you can see how they feel about certain players' production values uh, and kind of know how this team is going to shake out. I, I think we've all pretty much accepted Thomas was on the sideline. He's coming back. I mean, he's not going to abstain from playing knock on wood because I don't want to be the guy to jinx that. Uh, but, and I mean, thank goodness. Let me just say that uh, because that makes me feel so much more comfortable in the quarterback chase that we talked about earlier. Um, yeah. And that's, that's really about it for the wide receivers. You know, it was fun to see him kind of get that focal point. He's never really going to be the focal point as long as Michael Thomas is there. And as long as Traquan Smith is there, but to see him break out would mean a whole new level for the saints offense, which I think will be good. No matter who is really quarterbacking it in long, yeah. knowing Sean Payton's in control of it. And those first few weeks, I mean, he might not be the guy all year long, but those first two weeks, he absolutely will be because he ain't got Michael. You don't got Deontay Harris and you probably have Traquan Smith, but who knows if he's always injured. So Hey, I think Marquez has kind of pulled away from being uh, under Traquan. I think Traquan's definitely slotted under him right now. But what was a little frustrating for me was just the lack of plays that we saw offensively in this game. I know next week we'll see more and they'll clean up their mess. But the running backs really just did not have a good day. And a, a new fan favorite, Devontae Freeman, uh, really hurt his stock i think uh chris said it best sean payton's really good at finding udfa running backs with dreads it sounds like a joke but it's like literally not uh obviously the tavius five carries six yards Devontae freeman six carries six yards so just not great stuff obviously murray coughed it up in the red zone freeman coughed up the ball on Jameis's first snap so that's the series taken away from Jameis. i know they went on more of a snap count thing but just time's ticking and wasting time that you could be giving reps to other guys. So I thought that was a little frustrating and really hurt Devontae Freeman's chance to make this team. Obviously, there's two more weeks of preseason, but uh, you want to keep a guy with young legs like Tony Jones Jr. I mean, honestly, he had seven carries, 82 yards. He did have that fumble. I understand it's week one. These guys haven't really sweat like this in a game with a tight jersey. They're not used to that kind of ball carrying. I'm not dismissing it, but six turnovers, six turnovers is way too much. Um but obviously, they kept Tony Jones Jr. last year, and I think he has a legit shot to make it again this year, uh, moving Ty Montgomery to wide receiver, obviously. Uh, unless Freeman blows away the coaches, I think Tony's got a really good shot to make this team. Um, but the fumbling obviously has to be picked up, and I know Sean Payton, no matter if they would have won or lost that game, he's frustrated with the turnovers, I and mean, we don't want to turn over the ball six times. I mean, that's way too much, whether it's a preseason game or not. Um, but the last guy I want to spotlight before we switch over to the defense was Jawan Johnson, who was slotted in as tight end, I want to say four, right? Um, he, he had himself a day. He had two receptions for 71 yards, led the team in uh, yards in total. 
I think he I think he did phenomenal. And he lined up at inline tight end. He lined up at Santa White receiver. I think he really has found his spot at tight end. I don't think he'll uh, be tight end four going into the season. I think he'll end up beating out Garrett Griffin just because of the potential he has. And the catches he made when we, we saw it with other receivers, I know they were telling him on the sideline, hold that ball tight. And every time he made that catch and he was going for contact, he had two hands in the football and he got yards after the catch. And he looks really good. I think they found a really good star in him. Uh, didn't see a lot from Troutman and Vinette, but the, they were the starting guys. So didn't really get to see them at all. But let's really switch over to this. Uh, defense that really excited me the most was that defensive line that was nasty uh chris and i native i we've all talked about maybe defensive tackle being thin on the saints but they showed otherwise this week yeah man i mean um the the first person that jumped off the screen was um was was marcus davenport you know i mean even and i know you know it was said that you know the guy he was going up up against is what it's like a fifth round pick and that's it's fine man but you know, it's another guy similar similar to Callaway. Regardless, you know who's out there. You've been told that he was having a good uh, a good camp. Everybody's spoken about it. It's nice to watch that translate on the field in any type of capacity, even even in in preseason football. He was moving the pocket consistently every single time with that padding and bull rush that he always that he always puts together. Um, you know, and 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 it wasn't just him. David David Onyemata, of course, you know, looked great. Um, you know, Malcolm Roach made a few plays. I mean, you know, they 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 had a just a consistent effort. They set the edge. They were consistent in making sure that Baltimore didn't have any any type of comfort pretty much throughout the game. But the way that they started out and you know were able to make it to where you know make the quarterback's job uh, uncomfortable. You know, it really uh, just, you know, the you know, the way that the entire front seven played, it just was very it, it was very encouraging because, you know, you're not out there with Turner. You don't have you know, you're not out there with Cam Jordan very long. I mean, um, you know, for them to come out there and play and play that well, they know we're close. Grandison as well. It just was a bunch of a bunch of explosion between uh, them able them being able to stop the run and, you know, rest the passer. And you can just only imagine when things you know, when the games are for real, the rotation that they're going to play. I mean, we, we talked about what we thought the defensive end rotation would look like. But I I mean, getting a chance to see it on the field and just watching how guys jumped off the off of the screen at times. I mean, and then, you know, another aspect of this here is that they were on the field a lot in the mm-hmm. in those first, well, a lot more than they should have been due to I mean, I mean you know, they'll be on the field, you know, uh, it'll be what, you know, uh, a, a, a series or two, you know, uh, you know, maybe Baltimore will get a first down that they, they will end up getting them three and out, punt the ball, whatever the case may be back and forth. And then the Saints would turn the football over and then, and then they would do it again. They would do it again. And then, you know, they even get to a spot to where after they uh, force Baltimore to punt, Baltimore ends up getting it around. I think it was the Saints, it was like right around midfield. And they get up off the field again. You know, mm-hmm. they continue to be stingy. And um, a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. So that was really encouraging to see. And you can just only imagine how much better it's going to get when some of the other guys get healthy or just start to play. I mean, just imagining to have Cam Jordan out there with that line that we saw this week, it, it's crazy. It's going to look so much different, but it's going to look so much better. You know, if somebody been saying it for, we've all been saying it for years, if somebody could step up and somebody could take a few double teams off Cam Jordan, imagine what that man would do. 
I mean, he is very much double teamed by most teams in the league, rightfully so, uh, especially with how underwhelming our defensive tackle situation has been in years past. And, you know, DT is one of those positions and even M now where after week one, you know, of course it's a preseason game, it's week one. Uh, so we tamper our expectations a little bit. That's depth that they have going on right now. I mean, there's somebody that's not going to see minutes that performed this week. I mean, no doubt. Um, and, you know, who that ends up being, we'll find out. But everybody seemed to show up. It was like the defensive line was having, I don't know, a all-you-can-eat buffet at Golden Corral or something, just coming in hungry, you know, ready to work. Uh, and between them and our linebackers, like, it, those are two positions that I have been wanting the Saints to improve on for years. And I know all Saints fans echo that sympathy with the linebacker core. You know, we just had either had bad luck or bad drafting. Um, one of the two since I was a kid, you know, more or less. And to see that level of depth in the defense, they played really, really well. Of course, you know, Tyler Huntley gave him some trouble towards the back part of the game. That is an elite athlete, to say the least. And Huntley not only is an elite athlete, he's a pretty good quarterback. And he threw the ball really well as well. You know, he gave them some fits. Uh, going 11 for 18 is nothing to, you know, get rid of. But even though they couldn't get to him all the time, they still sacked him once, you know, in the entire time he was in the game. So, I mean, nothing but positives about them this week. That I think that was eye-opening, and I sincerely hope that it continues because it changes this defense so much um, and, you know, really helps the secondary out more than we can even put a number to. You know, just getting pressures, not even sacks, not even tackles. Uh, just get pressure. That's all we need. That's it. Yeah, I thought this front seven was absolutely incredible, honestly. I, I know Baltimore was, didn't have all their guys. Didn't have Lamar, obviously. J.K. Dobbins didn't play a ton. But we didn't have some of our guys, too. I mean, you look at it, it's really a bummer David Onyemata suspended. It really is because this could have been a year where he really turns on, becomes the guy. I mean, you saw in a couple of plays, he was playing defensive end, and he was getting crazy edge pressure. And it's really incredible to see him play. I mean, going all the way back to Manitoba, he was just a project, and now he's one of the league's best, honestly. And he's been a well-kept secret. But that front seven was incredible. And you're looking at guys like that didn't even play. Like Cam Jordan didn't play. Peyton Turner was obviously hurt. Pete Warner was hurt. Quan Alexander obviously sat out. So that's four guys that will probably start for you day one. Or if not, start get good, good snaps. I mean, not having those guys was tough. But one of my main takeaways from the defensive line was obviously Shy Tuttle was a big contributor last year. But it seemed like he maybe didn't get a ton of playing time till late. Um, I don't know what that necessarily means, but it was more Malcolm Roach, uh, Christian Ringo played a ton, Jalen Dalton played a ton, um, and that's fine if they if they go through a three man, three four man rotation, that's phenomenal. I mean, that's what they like to do anyways is bring in those different pass rushers. So if they can do that, that's great. Um, but the main guy I want to talk about is Zach Bond and his improvement from year one to year two. It's absolutely incredible. We saw him last year lining up on the ball sometimes, lining up stand up linebacker he just maybe didn't look confident couldn't be playing 100 uh, percent and that's the main thing is confidence and he says he's has so much more confidence and when you're a linebacker you want that confidence and they were talking about that with patrick queen uh, on the ravens broadcast he's like this is i've had so much confidence and we obviously can see it now i mean it's phenomenal so what do you guys think of zach bond well i mean look you know it's a guy that you know he's been honest and the coaching staff has been honest about him with about him overall adjusting to a, you know, to a role that he didn't really play in college. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I look at Zach and I think um, 
when he was in the game last year, if you're not confident, linebacker is one of the worst positions that, that you can play because a lot of it, you know, you have to react quickly. You have to be able to read and, you know, and, you know, and move uh, decisively or, you know, you can be, you know, chasing someone very, very quickly. Um, you know, you're in a spot where you can easily be manipulated, whether it be by the offensive line, the, you know, the running back or, or the quarterback. So you have to be able to read and react quickly. And for a while, you know, you know, the Saints have kind of missed, they've missed guys like, you know, as you said, uh, Brendan, that could, that could do that. Right. Which is why, so having Quan last year was so important. Um, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just Zach, it, you know, Kate Nellis came in and played well. Um, which is another individual that, that they didn't even dating back to last year, uh, the, the coaching staff spoke about. Um, I think with Zach, man, being able to um, adjust and feel comfortable in this new role and like I mean, another guy who just jumped off the page, made plays, Nick Underhill, you know, tweeted about how, you know, the Saints finally has someone who can defend the bootleg, right? <laughs> um, and I mean, that's important, man, because I mean, like, the game that jumps that jumps like right into my mind is that Packers game uh, last year, yep. where it felt like every other play the Packers were running a bootleg because they knew the Saints couldn't stop it. So um, my goal, and it's been you know, it feels like you know for years now, I've always when the Saints have had one linebacker, it's just okay. Can we get it? Can you get another? If they've had any, right? For Vilma, when Vilma was here, it was all right. If only he had another linebacker that could make plays, that could run, that could you know, that could make things happen. Well. You know, you have DeMario, and if, if Quan is healthy, you know you have someone there. But if you can add a guy like Zach Bond, and, you know, you can see what Pete Warner can do, and you're getting guys from, um, you know, like Kate Nellis to make plays, or maybe it's a Chase Hansen or, you know, whatever the case, it's just going to make DeMario's job easier. And it, it allows you – it's going to allow Dennis Allen to be even more creative with some of the looks that he, that he wants to do because you're not going to sacrifice a whole bunch if you have guys that are going to be able to make plays that you can trust beyond, uh, behind DeMario – then you can use him in more situations where and that they love to. They love to blitz him, whether it be off the edge. They love to blitz him, you know, off the middle. It just makes you know your ultimate your, your, uh, your ultimate uh, ability of being able to be deceiving and deceptive for an offense uh, and way less predictable um, achievable. And I, you know, I think that that's that's what's really exciting when you have a linebacker depth, but your main guy is as good and well rounded as Demario is. Um, it's going to make his life easier. It's going to make, it's going to make the secondary's life easier. It's going to make the defense. Everybody's going to benefit from stuff like this. And Zach Bond was a big contributor of that. So that's really good to see. I can't tell you the last time I remember this, this franchise having a linebacking court that has been talked about in this manner in regards to being deep, um, and just looking as well as they have. So I mean, again, we have to, we don't want to overreact too much off of one preseason game against backups, but I mean, just watching how these guys moved, how they jumped off the ball, how they were flying around, at no point did the Saints defense look slow. They just didn't look slow, and they were going against, I mean, you know, both both quarterbacks that came in for Baltimore are fast guys, guys who like to move around, and the Saints didn't look really overmatched athletically, so uh, that was also good to see, and um I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how that progresses and if it's something that maintains. It could really be good for defense that they may need to be very good starting out without Mike Thomas and some of the opponents they have to start the season. Yeah, honestly, if the linebacker court comes into, you know, a good form in the first couple of weeks, it's an absolute season changer for the Saints as, as a whole. Um, and, you know, it, it gives me so much great pleasure to see Zach Bond, you know, having that development 
back when I used to help out with a couple NFL draft podcasts, did a lot of work on that kind of stuff. Uh, some people listening probably remember that, but uh, I saved the receipts specifically for today. I saved the receipts. Here's my notes from Zach Bond at the end of the year, my final report. My last bullet point, I said Bond is going to be a contributor in pass rush situations from the start of his career, but where his real ceiling lies is in year three, and that is accounting for a team knowing how to use him correctly by moving him around a lot. He has to move around to be able to, you know, uh, contribute at a high level because one of his greatest strengths is how freaking smart the guy is. He is so smart, and the mental processing is so fast uh you know it's just it's, it's very nice to have a guy like that and that's what makes demario so great as well so i mean to see demario kind of bringing him up would be an amazing thing especially if quan alexander is there at the same time i mean talk about depth and then you get guys that are new pete warner coming in it's it's incredible and of course Caden ellis another you know great contributor you know at worst on special teams you know um, and we all know how important that is because we all know how much we're going to miss Justin Hardy this year. Special teams really, really matters. And I'm not just saying that because Justin Hardy is an Illinois guy and I'm an <laughs> Illinois guy, but I'm also completely saying it for that reason. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this year we might see a completely different Zach Bond. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see where he goes, especially <laughs> after some in-game proven success. That, that mental state can't be exaggerated how important that is. Just like Chris said, and Brendan said that is just like too important for a linebacker. You have to be in the game. You can't be thinking two plays ago, I missed, I blew a tackle. You know, my arms were too short. I didn't get there. You have to be on this play. I'm making an impact. That's what makes DeMario's mindset so great. Every play he's ready to make an impact. And, you know, if Zach can get in that mindset, I see no reason uh, why he should have limitations, you know, in any way. Uh, like I said, the guy's mental processing is, that supercomputer in his head. So it, it, it'll be awesome to see him continue to grow. I'm really, really excited. One of my and, favorite plays from, oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, well no, um, one more thing that I wanted to add to that, man. I mean, you know, in past years, um, a linebacker always gets hurt, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, last year, you know, Quan gets hurt and you have to you have to put AutoZone in and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It just it didn't it didn't it didn't work. They they needed another guy out there that can make that can make plays one way or another. But the depth at the linebacker position is always at play. You know, the the San Francisco game um, a few years ago, a couple guys get hurt, and Craig Robinson has to has to come out and play way too many snaps. I mean, they were just they were one linebacker injury away from being in a bad spot and being vulnerable at that position. Um, and teams knew where they could take advantage of it, but now. If you're in a situation where you have guys like Zach Bond who can step up, you have guys like, um, you know, like Quan when Quan gets healthy, Chase Hansen, uh, or I mean, if he steps up, or Kate uh, Nellis and company. I mean, all of Pete, Pete Werner. If, you know, if you have this this amount of, of guys who can who can run, who can play, who can react, um, it just like you like you mentioned, uh, Nate. It 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 really turns this. It not only turns this season into something different. But it turns this defense into something even, you know, different, right? At three levels, you know, they could be very strong, um, especially if they can pull things together uh, from the second cornerback position, which I'm sure, you know, we're going to talk about here uh, shortly. So, uh, we know, we know they're great at safety. 
um, you know, they can really make some things happen. I mean, they won't have many weak spots on this defense at all. Um, and considering what we thought they would end up being with some of the cap moves that they had to make, some of the guys they ended up having to let go, I mean, what a turnaround that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was literally – I was going to say, we talked about Bond for 10 minutes, and he might not even get a ton of playing time right, right out the gate. I mean, obviously – uh, the Saints have kind of a base nickel defense, so you only have two linebackers on the field anyway. So that on paper is Demario and Kawan, and obviously you drafted Pete Warner in the second round, and now you have Bond. And like you said in that 49er game, Craig Robinson came in and he was extremely vulnerable. The 49ers almost dropped a 60 ball on us. Uh, if we're in that same situation this year, we have Kay Nellis come in, who who looked really good, and this year especially, you need to have a strong front seven because of that cornerback two position. Um, let's move right into that. Uh, that cornerback two position. Obviously, Lattimore didn't play uh, this game, which which I liked, actually. I wanted to see both guys, Crawley and Adiba. I wanted to see them in the spotlight. Obviously, weren't really tested a ton because of how good that pass rush is. And that's kind of the model I will keep is hopefully that pass rush keeps going. But next week, they really will get tested with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, Jackson has a ton of weapons. But I thought Adebo especially was tested uh, more than Crawley, and he he held his own. I thought he had a great game, had one pass interference. Um, I'm always against those. I thought I was clean, but uh, was tested on a few occasions, and he was just maybe not didn't break up the ball, but he was right in that spot to have to make that throw, an absolutely perfect throw to get there. So I thought Adebo did really well, and uh, I know there's been some trade chatter about the Saints making calls about a cornerback, but if the price is too high, say for C.J. Henderson, if they're like, we want a first, we want a second, you don't want to do that, don't do it. I mean, you got guys in the building right now, Debo and Crawley. Uh, we'll see next week a little bit more, but I thought Debo had a really good week. I've never heard of a Saints fan being against a pass interference call. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, because you made that joke, you have to lead off now, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from comedic value for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I thought you hit the nail on the head. I thought Adibo did really well this week. Four total tackles, four solo tackles. You know, um, did he, he didn't end up with a pass defendant, did he? I don't mm-hmm. think. But, you know, sometimes with a team that, A, is very run scheme heavy, you know, like the Ravens are, even when they throw with Lamar, um, there's a lot of run plays because they have a lot of great weapons in that regard. And J.K. Dobbins and even their, you know, backups can run the ball really effectively. But, you know, overall, I really loved the choice. And I think it was an obvious choice. I think most people are going to see that not to play Marshawn. Just makes sense. A, don't risk him. B, you, you open up the door for the guys that maybe don't have a permanent spot on this roster. And, you know, truthfully, I'm a lot more comfortable now, which is very dangerous to say as a Saints fan. We all know that with how that cornerback two position looks than I was before this week, because even though it's a preseason game and even though it's limited, you know, limited eyes, limited reps, limited plays coming out of college and into the NFL, we don't think enough about how hard of a transition that is. Um, And, you know, for quarterbacks, cornerbacks, wide receivers, that gap is just gigantic trying to get these one-on-one positions often, or, you know, one on zone uh, opportunities is so tough. Um, and honestly, to see it live on the field in an NFL jersey, in the Saints jersey, seeing Paulson Adebo out there, you know, feels great, you know, to me. And, you know, I know he might not always be that, you know, sheer number two that we wanted, um, but just hopefully he can come in and be 
really suitable with the loss of Jackrabbit. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, is maybe not replacing right away. I think eventually, why not? You know, but being able to solidly cover for that is going to be huge. If he can A, stay healthy and B, be reasonably productive, you don't have to pick off every pass. Just don't give up anything stupid, you know, and don't give up those long distance pass interference calls either, for God's sake. <laughs> so, I mean, what I wanted to see from Paulson, I mean, it's, you know, I, I wanted to see how he moved. Uh, overall, how he reacted when the ball was thrown his way, when he was tested, uh, did he panic at any point? And um, just you know, overall, did, did he look lost? Were there any miscommunications? Was it was it at any point where we were like, oh man, this is this this isn't a good start? And I mean, for the most part, he took care of everything that he had to. Now, um, I do agree, and I I think Jacksonville uh, will be the best test you know the bigger test for this team just mainly because you know the weapons are different for Jacksonville you got Marvin Jones you have DJ Chalk you have uh you have Chenault in the slot uh you know they have they have running backs out of the backfield I mean you know they have and Trevor Lawrence throwing the football um just you know the weaponry there is going to be a lot more uh you know competitive and I think that's where you know you'll really see him be tested in 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 other ways Baltimore um it's a little bit a little bit different there, uh, considering you know they have multiple back playing that n- neither of them I don't think have you know we've seen enough from throwing the football. They you know they're they're guys that want to end up they want to be in situations where they can depend or lean on the running game, use their legs. And as we talked about the front seven, the front seven just simply didn't allow them to do it. Um, you know Baltimore really really didn't get an opportunity really start moving the football through the air until late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, so on and so forth. So. Um, with Jacksonville, who will probably throw the football a lot, you know, a lot more, I would like to see him there. But he didn't – I mean, listen, I mean, he, he he passed the test for me. I didn't see too much of his jersey. You know, he made – he seemed to make good plays on the ball. I mean, he's going to be a physical cornerback. But I think, you know, for him, they want to see him be in the right positions to make plays because one of the things, one of his strengths coming out of, coming out of college, coming out of Stanford – was that people people believe that he's going to be a guy who can take the football away when the ball is when the ball is is in his area and it's catchable for him he can take the football away and that's something at that position that you know the Saints could use more of they could use guys that are going to make plays on the football consistently outside of just not getting lost and not you know uh, giving up big plays so I mean oh, oh, but but on both sides Crawley as well um, I expected Baltimore to you know, kind of test the cornerbacks a little bit more, get out some quick throws, try to, you know, get the Saints off, you know, on the heels to where they could take some shots. And it really it, it really didn't happen with some of those early, early sets. The, the front seven of the Saints just dominated that portion of the game. I'm really interested in Jacksonville when you see more throws, when you see more, you know, more looks to where they can get more, more reps and opportunities, different route concepts, see how they, uh, how they react there. But I mean, so far so good. No one, no one looked lost. And again, it's kind of been the, you know, the uh, the constant premise that we've been talking today. A lot of the things that you heard coming out of camp, they match what you saw on the field. You heard, you heard good things about Crawley. You heard good things about Adebo, and they both ended up happening. You know, you both see those things translate on the field. Um, if they're able to do it against Jacksonville, I mean, that'll be great. And you know, we just hope that they can continue to do so. Because if you don't have to spend um, the resources to go and get a cornerback, 
you know, it allows you to be a little bit more flexible with, with your assets going forward and some of the other holes you can maybe fill. Last thing I'll say about, about this game is um, if I were to put my money on, if the Saints were to add another quarterback, I would absolutely do that. Um, it's not necessarily hit on a Debo or Crawley. It's more of just the lack of depth. And maybe you, Sean Payton always says, if you can get better at position, you always do it. Uh, and as these um, preseason games go on, we're, we're starting to see some cuts, some releases, maybe a team making a cap decision. They still could very well trade for someone who becomes available. Uh, I know Denver has a ton of cornerbacks, just things like that. I think Adebo helped his stock more so for special teams uh, to make this roster and make impact for a couple of years, kind of like Zach Bond did. I mean, that's Zach Bond came in being a special teams guy, and we saw Adebo have a really, really good rep at Gunner and just blow up a punt return. I think we need to see more of that from Adebo. So moving forward, I think I'll like to see that a little bit more from Adebo because at the end of the day, I think they will add another corner. I'd be extremely surprised if they go in the season with the depth that they have right now. Um, speaking of depth, uh, after the game, the Saints obviously are starting to cut down their guys. Wrap up the podcast a little bit. Uh, the Saints wave Noah Spence and Stevie Scott. And uh, Saints O-lineman Kyle Murphy has been placed on injury reserve. And here's some news that all Saints fans will kind of cringe at. Saints kicker Brett Maher has been waived with an injury. Uh, he got injured in pregame in Baltimore, and he will now long, no longer be a Saint. And um, the Saints are going into a game week against Jacksonville without a kicker again. So um, some kind of some tough stuff. But I, I think of this kind of as, as a positive because when the Saints found Will Lutz, it was because Baltimore had to cut him because they always had Justin Tucker. And it's almost a repeat of the same situation. They have a really good kicker they like, obviously Justin Tucker, but they had a guy who kicked for them last game who was very, very good, and there's been lots of talk about him. I'm not going to try and say his last name until we sign him. So um, there's just different guys around the league that will uh, obviously be released later on, and they can find a guy like that. But Saints with another need at kicker. And um, to wrap us up, obviously the Saints lost this game 14-17. But we'll be coming at you guys next week with this Jacksonville game, hopefully with some more information. And um, we'll catch you guys after the game on Monday Night Football. We're in primetime, baby. Man, that, that's that's beautiful. I I don't know how that slipped uh, my mind, but that makes my weekend a lot less stressful. <laughs> no doubt. I, I mean, a lot less stressful. Like, man, I, I was thinking like I got to do a bunch of stuff this weekend and fit in. But, man, Monday night after work will be mm-hmm. – I mean, that, that'll be fantastic. And, I mean, it's preseason, so – if they lose and or they have a bad showing, who cares? I walk into Tuesday fine. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. No cloud over my head if that happens. If, plus, it's going to be really fun to watch Trevor Lawrence play. I mean, I, I didn't get to watch his last game. Um, I I like the guy in college, obviously, Clemson. I thought really good, really good quarterback, you know, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how his game adapts with the hype that comes behind him. Uh, because he is certainly not the last of the very hyped up, like very talented quarterbacks that'll be coming through in the next couple of years, <laughs> Manning. <laughs> but uh, it could be very much to see how we adapt with that, you know, college superstar, global superstar coming in to the NFL. Um, and hopefully the Saints defense can get to him a few times while he's in the game. Mm-hmm. The Saints squad's back and we got our squad back in the podcast. Just so happy for that. And we'll be catching guys next week talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who that? Hey. Who that? 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 Who that?
But in the don't we know that?